John chapter 2. You have two fears this morning. One of them is really not a fear. One's a luxury. That because I haven't preached in so long, this may be the shortest sermon you've heard me preach. Your fear is that since I haven't, I've been storing up enough that you might not get out at noon. But I'm not interested in keeping you longer than necessary. But I do feel I would not be preaching this morning if I did not feel what I am about to share with you. While Brother uh, Wednesday, while Brother Stevenson was upstairs preparing for our service Wednesday night, the Lord began to speak to me from this particular portion of Scripture. And uh, little did I know that God was setting the stage Wednesday night uh, for what I would say this morning or at some point. And so if you weren't here Wednesday night, you ought to get um, the message because it was very uh, timely. Uh, what do you do with what seems to be a dead promise? How do you respond to that? And so I'm going to come this morning with the sequel to that. John chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 1. <clears throat> My voice is a little weak, so please help me this morning. And let's, let's enjoy the word of the Lord. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. And both... Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And everybody said amen. amen. I want to talk to you for just a little while this morning about faith's response to life's weight. Faith's response to life's weight. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord and let's praise Him right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Lord, and we praise you this morning. We bless you, Lord. Praise God. How often life hangs on the smallest of things. It is usually not the great things that get a person down, but the small, seemingly insignificant issues that wear away at the soul. I have shared the story with you, but it is amazing to me every time I think about it. I read the story of a man several years ago that decided that he was going to walk across the United States backwards. I don't know what inspired him to do it. I don't know how long it even took him to do it. I just know that after a long period of time, he completed his journey and ordeal and when he was questioned by the press as to what was the most difficult part of his journey or what was the most difficult thing in that endeavor of trying to walk backward. They were 
expecting some uh, response perhaps like, well, it was navigating through cities or it was going up the mountains or going through dry places. But much to their surprise, he said, the thing that was the most difficult to deal with was the sand in my shoes. The sand in my shoes. And so it is that life often wears on us. And often it is the small thing. It is that unknown thing that wears away at the soul. There are two words in our text that when I read them this week seem to speak to many of our lives today and seem to define the situation of many of us. They were spoken by Jesus in reference to a needed help. He had come with Mary, his mother, and his disciples to the wedding at Cana of Galilee and festivities as they were soon came the word that a great tragedy had occurred. They had run out of wine. And so Mary, knowing more than anyone else at that time who he was, came to him and she explained to him the situation, no doubt expecting him to do something because that's what saviors do. They fix our mistakes. They fix our problems, they erase our troubles and they help us in our time of need. And not only would that happen, but it would be a great testimony and what a way to begin his ministry with such a work at such a time with so many people. But, you know, when we think about that, we usually think about that in this reference God, we need you to work now. Everybody say now. We need you to take care of this problem, but we need you to do it this moment while I'm speaking to you. And perhaps in the mind of Mary, she felt that that should have been the response of the Lord and to which he responded these words, my Hour has not yet come. Two words that defined the, the, the situation of so many people today, and those words are not yet. Everybody say that with me. Not yet. You know, that's like cold water on a person who has come with great expectation. It is like closing the door in the face of someone who has knocked expectantly. How could you mean that when we are facing the problem that we're facing? And yet Jesus' response to her was, not yet. Herein lies the great frustrations of life. Facing a problem but having to wait for the answer living in and with the unknown and having to fellowship the mystery of God's silence in our life. How many times have you and I come to a point, perhaps not without wine, but without substance or without something 
needing an answer to a prayer, going to God in reference to that answer for Him to only respond to us with not yet. How many times have we come before Him with great need in our life and we wanted something and we needed it so desperately but there was no answer like we were looking for. And so herein lies the great frustration of life that we will have to fellowship a mystery at times if we're going to live for God. And that was amazing to me that the Lord's response to Mary would be not yet, not at this moment. But what's more amazing to me was Mary's response to his answer. When Mary heard him say, not yet, Mary didn't do like a lot of people do when they don't get their instant relief. She didn't throw up her hands and stomp out of the room mad and and tell everybody, I'm not living for God anymore. I'm not coming to church ever again. I don't believe prayer works. I don't believe faith makes a difference. Mary didn't go into depression because she didn't get an answer that she needed when she wanted. She didn't turn around and leave angry at God and walk away with the bitterness in her soul. Mary turned and walked to the servants and she said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Hallelujah. You see, that's faith's response to life's weight. When life puts you on hold and when God, He chooses to to answer in the not yet gender, it is time for us to believe that that word is coming, but it's just not yet. It's the time that we wait that causes so many of us to think that it will never happen. It's never going to change. It's never going to be any different. But what Mary learned is something you and I need to learn. And that is that we do not direct God. We trust Him. We don't tell God how to do His business. We don't tell God how to work it out. We simply tell Him our need. And then we leave it to Him to work it out. We leave it in His hand. God doesn't operate on my time schedule. He moves at the right time. Everybody say that with me. He moves at the right time. God knows when that time is. Jesus would not supply wine just because a desperate mother wanted him to, but he would supply the need. You see, she was wise enough to know that what he said was not the end. And she realized that his presence meant something. So to those involved in the situation, she said, you need to get ready because a miracle is coming. You need to get ready because God is about to do something marvelous in our midst. That is faith's response to life's weight. Get ready. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to get ready. You need to get ready. Get ready because a miracle is on its way. You see, remember, it's the word, not yet. That didn't mean never. It just simply meant not yet. 
the words not yet defined mean subsequent to a specified or implied time. It may not be today, but it is coming. It may not happen now, but it is on its way. You may not have it this moment, but it is coming your way. You may not see it now, but it's in the making this very moment. I may still be in my problem, but I'm about to come out of it because God is here and His presence means everything in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Our text is an illustration and a lesson of life. Oftentimes we do not get our answers when we want. And many times we have to live a mystery. We have to live a wait. It's not easy. As a matter of fact, waiting is the most difficult thing that any human can ever be asked to do. Because our natures are designed to want to know. We want to know now. We've got to have it now. We've got to see it now. We've got to have it this moment. And then God said, wait. It's not time. The time is coming. You see, not yet means that you are living between a promise and a provision. That you're living between a prayer and an answer. Your prayers have not been fruitless and your prayers have not been useless, but you are living now between that prayer and the solution. Don't give up in frustration. Don't get mad at God. Just do what Mary did. She turned to everybody around her and said, Come on, folks, let's get ready. A miracle is about to happen in this place. Let's get ready. God is about to do something here in this house. Greater Life Church, we have sat around long enough worrying about what isn't or what if or what that. I've come to tell somebody this morning, you need to get with me and let's get ready because a miracle is on its way. Oh yes, I said a miracle is on its way. There's something already stirring in the atmosphere. There's an anointing that's already coming to this place. There's a blessing God has already prepared for you and I. Amen. Somebody said amen. Amen. You're living between a problem and the solution. Don't let fear cause you to panic. Don't let frustration trip you up and cause you to give up. You need to start getting ready. What are you doing with your praise? I'm getting ready. What are you doing in your worship? I'm getting ready. When is God going to do it? I don't know, but I know he's going to do it. You say, has it happened? Somebody might say no, but faith says not yet. Because that means God is still here and God still has the option to do whatever he wants to do. I come to tell somebody this morning, you need to get ready. Amen. I said, you need to get ready. I, I wish I had somebody that believed what I'm telling you right now. Somebody needs to get ready because your miracle is on its way. This is faith's response to life's weight. If many of you were asked this morning, do you have an answer? Most of us would say no, but faith would say not yet. Hallelujah. Not yet. Are your troubles over? Some of you would say no, but faith would say not yet. But they're going to be over.
Oh, yeah. They're going to be over. There's going to be an end to it. This thing doesn't last forever. No storm lasts forever. The night is not always there. There will be a sunrise. There will be a day that will dawn. There will be a God who will arise. There will be a strength that will be shown. There will be a hand that will work in my life. Hallelujah. It is the questions of life that buffet our soul. And they cause us to wonder. But faith says, hang on. God is still in control. Are things better? Somebody said, no. Faith says, not yet. Do you understand the difference? Am I just swatting at flies this morning? Or do you understand that there is a difference between no and not yet? No is final. No seems to imply never, but not yet said no, but God's still working. No, but God's still on the throne. No, but God's still in control. No, but God's still got a word to say about my situation. Hallelujah. Has God moved yet? Not yet. Not yet, but he's going to move. Amen. This is what you and I have to remember. Not yet does not mean never. It just means not yet. Say it with me. Not yet. Amen. Jesus, we need a miracle. To which he said, not yet. And instead of her turning and being angry and mad and saying, I don't understand God. You answer everybody else's prayers. Everybody else has a testimony but me. Here I am still living in hell. I'm still going through all kinds of trouble. And every day I wake up, it seems like a new problem arises. Where are you, God? And God said, not yet. That's all you need to know. Not yet. It doesn't mean he's never going to do it. It just means the time is not right. But I have come to tell somebody that when the time is right, God will move. God will open a door. God will make a way. God will stop the mouths of a lion. God will open that door for you in your life. Come on, somebody praise him with me right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Many of us are troubled about situations this morning. Many of you are troubled about your kids. You're troubled about your families. You're troubled about your job. You're troubled about your future. You've asked God for certain things and God has not answered yet. But don't take God's silence as a no. Faith says, hang on. Get ready. Amen. Have you ever wondered what would have happened if Mary had turned and stomped away like some of us would have? Have you ever stopped to wonder what would have happened if she had not turned and said, whatever he says, do you do it? I dare say that there would never have been a miracle at Cana of Galilee if there had not been the voice of faith that spoke and said, 
It's all right, folks. He's about to do something because I know him and I trust him. You see, that's what this thing really boils down to is do we really trust God or not? Is he really Lord of all or Lord at all? He either is or he isn't. He either is God or he is not God. And if he is God, then why don't we trust him that he knows how to work it all out? Listen, folks, if God could create a world without any assistance and without any substance, just speak a word and this world come into existence, do you think that my problem is going to be a problem for him? Not on your life. God has the resource right now to create what needs to be created and do what needs to be done. Somebody ought to say yes, Lord. Somebody ought to say yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When you learn to trust, you'll find yourself like Mary. I'm leaving the time. I'm leaving the method. I'm leaving that all to you, Lord. But I am going to get ready for a miracle. I'm going to get myself in a place where I'm ready for it to happen. Mary got out of the way. And when we do that, the latter will always be better than the first. The latter will always be greater than the former. The end will always be better than the beginning. If we will just get out of the way and let God do what he does best. Your house was on fire. Most of you would get on the phone and call 911. And you would tell them, we got a house on fire. You'd give them your address. And then you would hang up. You're not going to tell them how to get to your house. And you're not going to tell them how to put your house fire out. All you're going to do is tell them where it's at. And leave it to them to know how to get there and get the job done. That's what trust is. It's saying, God, I have a problem. My family has a need. My life has a hole in it. I need your help right now. And then stepping back and trusting God that he's going to do what he's capable of doing. Amen. Not yet. Mary said, folks, get ready. <sighs> Come on, get ready. You know, if that were to be said of us, some of us would leave this morning. We would never come back. We'd get our feelings hurt. Oh, yes, we would. God said, not yet. Mary said, okay, folks, it's time to get ready. It's about to happen. That's the way we ought to live. That's how we ought to. Worship, that's how we ought to pray. Not just with this hopeless feeling in our soul that nothing's ever going to change. Do you understand this morning that when you stand before God and you let Him be God, He's always going to do the right thing. He's always going to do the right thing. There's not a thing that you, you and I can do to change the not yet of life. That's not fatalism. And it's not an attitude of what's the use. It simply means that you and I have to adjust ourselves to God, not God adjust himself to us. Amen. 
Mary thought Jesus was too late. Word was sent, but God waited while Lazarus died. Now how could that be? How can God wait when I'm in a hurry? How can God delay when I'm in a panic? And yet the Bible said when Jesus heard, he waited a few days before he even made his way. And so in the mind of Mary, Jesus was late. But he really was right on time. Martha thought it was over. She said, he stinketh. He's already decaying. You can't bring that back. You can't change that. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. He didn't say I was or I will be. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Yes, Mary, I am the one that can change this situation. You see, to the spectator, somebody looking at Job would have said, that's not right. That's unreasonable. How could something like that happen to a man as godly as Job? And yet for 41 tormenting chapters, every day Job woke up for weeks and months. All he could say was, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. His friends looked at him and shook their head and said, Oh, Job, there's got to be something wrong with you. And all Job could do would lay down at night and just say, not yet. He gets up in the morning, nothing's changed. Somebody said, how's it today? Not yet. Have you got an answer? Not yet. Do you know why? Not yet. Can you give a reason for it? Not yet. But Job kept holding on knowing that I may not know where God is, but God knows where I am and he knows the way that I take and he will bring me forth tried as pure gold. Oh, yes, God's going to bring you out of it. God's going to make sure you get through it all. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, blessed be the name of the Lord. Stand with me. How do you live through the not yets of life? It takes a whole lot of trusting to see the blessings of the Lord in your life. When you read Job chapter 42, verse 12 through 16, you read about the Lord turning Job's life and giving back to him everything that he had lost and more. And we rejoice over that. You cannot help when you read the 42nd chapter of Job but rejoice at what you hear and what you, you understand. But to get to that place, to get to chapter 42, you have to live through 41 chapters of nothing but pure trust and confidence that God is going to see me through. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. I don't know all the details. All I know is he said not yet. And I'm going to leave it just like that. Not yet. Amen. It doesn't mean never. It just means not yet. 
It wasn't easy for Isaac trudging up the mountain with his dad, Abraham. Isaac's looking for a sacrifice. Dad, where is the lamb? Abraham said, God will provide. God will provide. Caleb and Joshua, they had to mark 40 years in the wilderness, not because of their sin, but because of the sins of other people. They had to mark 40 years in the wilderness while disobedient and rebellious people were erased from the scene. They had to live through a number of days of not yet. When fear made them wonder, faith rose up and just said, not yet, not yet. Hannah, your womb has been shut up and your adversary provokes you every day and the tension increases in your family until there is bitterness in your soul. When is my day going to come? When will I ever give birth to a child? And all that faith could reply is, not yet. No, not yet. David had to spend upward to 23 years dodging Saul's madness. Can you imagine that? 23 years of his life He had to live running from a madman all the time knowing that he had already been anointed to be king. You don't think he didn't wonder a few times, when is my day going to come? And faith would say, not yet. Not yet. You see, you have to remember, not yet doesn't mean never. It just means not yet. Some of you have given up on some things that you need to go back and revisit because all God said was not yet. You've turned your back on it and walked away from it. You need to go back and pick it up and say, you know what, God's not through here yet. God's not finished with me yet. Amen. God's still got a work to do. Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, came desperately for a teenage daughter that was dying. And on his way to do that miracle, Jesus was distracted and delayed. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being so desperate and the Lord seeming to be inconspicuous to what's going on in your life? And so it seemed that the answer he was looking for would never come. Your daughter is dead, they said, why troublest thou the master? Yet God said, he turns and said, Jairus, fear not, believe only, and she shall live. Sometimes we have to live with a not yet in our life. It simply means you have to hold on. Your answer is coming. Amen. You have to learn how to get out of the way and let him do what he does best. And that's be God. His time, his way, his plan, his purpose. In his time, it will all come to pass. Sometimes we wonder how long is the night. However long it is, it won't last forever. 
Will it ever be over? Somebody said never. Faith says not yet. Will anything ever change about my situation? Somebody said never. Faith says it hadn't changed yet. But there's hope because God is still in control. Psalms 37.5, I told the church this Wednesday night. It says, it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And I've often quoted it and sometimes I have misquoted it like many of you. It says, commit thy way into the Lord. What? And he shall bring it to pass. No, it doesn't say It says, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. You see, that first part, that's easy. It's that second stanza that kills us. Because that second stanza means we're going to have to wait. God's not going to answer always when we come the first time. He's not always going to answer as quickly as we want him to. But faith holds on. When life makes us wait. We're not going to give up. I'm not turning back. I'm not giving in. I'm not going back. I'm just going to hang on and get ready. You know some of you. You need to start getting ready for a miracle in your life. Because God's not yet is about to come to an end. Amen. God's not yet is about to come to the end. Hallelujah. The hardest part of your life is waiting, but the wait is about to be over. I've come to give a prophetic word to somebody here this morning. Your wait is about to end. You're about to see the sun break on the horizon. You're about to find and hear the answer that you've been praying for for a long, long time. It's it's on its way right now. All you need to do is get ready. Come on, lift up your hands with me right now and let's do this. Come on, everybody. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.